Well, boys and girls, it's that time again. It's Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What time is it? It's time for Standing the Gap, the hottest podcast, because it's not what you think I'm saying it's the hottest, but it's the hottest podcast on the waves today. So anyway, I want to just say hi. Welcome. This is Richie Erico back at you. And my wife, Brilliant Swanapa, is part of me because the two show would come one, but she's not on. She'll be on in the future. I'm sure, but she's sitting close by praying for this podcast tonight. So anyway, I'm going to turn it over to Aaron, the man. Uh, Go ahead, Mr. Man. Stand in the gap dot live is the hub where you can get all the information, up to date blogs, where we are sending these podcasts out to, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, soon to be iHeartRadio. And also we just opened up YouTube and Rumble. Um, those more episodes coming soon with that, but we're really excited. Also, if you want to be one of the true stand in the gappers, please consider being a Patreon supporter. All the money goes to, to running this program. And also we donate to a bunch of charities to help homeless, to help stop human trafficking and, and other things like that. So please consider being a supporter and a partner. And yeah. Excellent. In addition to that, if anyone would like to advertise on our program, we do have advertising. Um, and our goal is not to have a bunch of advertising. It's more like sponsorship kind of. The, if you ever watch PBS, they do sponsorships at the end of the program. And that's kind of how we're going to do our format so that we're not interrupting, you know, the program and, and not having you sit there and have to listen to a whole bunch of uh, capitalist programs. So anyway, it's kind of our vision for this. So advertising, please uh, email Aaron, you know, you can go to standinthegap.live and there's an email there and you can email us and inquire about our advertising. And uh, we are in, uh, we're in uh, America, we're in China, we're in Romania, we're in UK. Uh, where else? Sorry. Uh, Thailand, you didn't say. Oh, Thailand. We're in a Germany. bunch of places. Germany. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're, we're, our advertising, you know, we'll, we'll have a broad reach. So it's definitely something, especially if you have an online company that, you know, goes across borders like ours does, be a good match for you. And so uh, we look forward to, to hosting some advertisers in the future. I'm just going to title tonight's episode, How Desperate Do You Have to Be in Order to Wake Up? So that's what this program is going to be. We're going to share some, it's a, it's not our usual format. We're going to share some statistics and then talk about it at a round table. We've got our buddy, the uh, resident fivefold, resident fivefold person, uh, Scott Whittier. If you could open up us up in prayer, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, Father, we just thank you so much for your love. Thank you, God, that you love everybody, that every person was created by you uh, for your design, for your purpose, Lord, whether people choose or not. Lord, today is about free will choice. It's about, Lord, this show is going to uh, really deal with our choices. And, and thank you that you give, you've given us freedom. Thank you that we live in a place where there's been freedom. But Lord, forgive us, Lord, for taking our freedom for, for granted. And forgive us, Lord, for not stewarding that. And Lord, what's happening now is we are losing our freedom. Uh, we, are, we are losing freedoms every day. 
So Lord, I ask you would give us the grace to have a voice to just begin to deal with the things that need to be dealt with before we end up in, in a place where we didn't even imagine we would have been. Father, thank you. Let there be some fear of God uh, that comes upon us today. Lord, I ask, I ask you would just reveal to us, Lord, the, the severity. Lord, I'm asking that there, this would be a clarion call, a wake-up call. Even if one person goes, whoa, wait a minute, and, uh, and, and comes out of that place, we just thank you for what you do, Lord. It, it's Lord, we don't despise small beginnings. Lord, thank you for growth. And, and Lord, thank you for continued growth. Thank you that for this to get out to as many people as need, it needs to get out to in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank you for the great prayer. So we're going to start off uh, by speaking about some markers that tell us the health. <laughs> what a joke. First of all, let me hit something right off the bat. America's ranked 140 out of 160 some odd nations with healthcare, and we all listen to the doctors. Really? That part? Yeah. 140. Thailand, which is called an emerging nation, and America poo poos not Thailand because they're second world nation. Really? Thailand's ranked number six in the world for healthcare. <laughs> Wake up and smell the cough. I didn't even plan on sharing that, but that's that's not even a marker we're going to cover today. We should be, we should understand how desperate we've been for decades. You know, the 50s were a great time. Everybody talked about the 50s. It really was. And in many ways, it was a great time. But in many other ways, it was starting the downfall of America, from my perception. It's just, you know, it's amazing. Decade after decade, we fall farther and farther away from our creator. And, and we end up wondering, like, why? Well, let's look at these markers today. So um, I'm going to start off. I'm going to talk about the stock market. Um, the current state of the tech sector in the stock market. Here are some key insights. Tech stock decline. Technology companies initially thrived during the pandemic, but now they are facing challenges. As much of the population returns to work and spends less time at home, the tech sector is experiencing deep loss, losses. The tech-heavy NASDAQ composite reported a significant dip, closing down more than 4% after its worst monthly performance since the two thousand and oh here it goes it's, it's worth monthly performance since the 2008 financial crisis really companies like app I, I wonder if a crash is i wonder if a crash is coming companies like amazon and apple have seen drops in their stock prices with amazon shares trading more than 40 percent 40 percent below its 52 week high meta by the way the word meta checks this out the word meta which owns the parent company of facebook do you know what the word meta means, Scott? Nothing, right? Isn't it? Yes, exactly right. Yeah. It means nothing. It means nothing. Isn't that telling? Have faced a, meta faced a 47% drop in its stock price since September due to a revenue growth slowdown. Earnings disappointments. Big tech has lost over $100 trillion in value over the last three. One trillion. Let me say it again. One trillion in value. Why are you laughing, Vinny? Because I don't live in America. I live in Thailand. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm American. I know I'm going to get hate mail. I know people are going to I don't live in Thailand. I'm on a tourist visa and I'm part of America. But I, I would, I'm laughing because what else are you going to do? Cry? He who laughs sits in heaven. I sit in heaven. It says in the word, I'm seen in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God's not surprised. Is God causing this? Absolutely not. Is he allowing it? Absolutely. He allows it. Man is their own worst enemy. 
many times, many times. So anyway, I lost my place. Um, many companies are really from the effects of not meeting earning expectations. For instance, Peloton announced a loss of $757 million. That's a lot for a bike company. $757 million in its first quarter, significantly more than an analyst predicted. Its market value has, whoa, plummeted over 90% from its high in early 2021. Imagine the cup of coffee, the coffee, the water cooler talks in a company that's 10% of what it used to be. Imagine what that, imagine as they walk, just imagine the feeling as they walk past the, oh, that's right, they walk at, work at home, but if they still work as they walk past those cubicles that used to be filled with people. Imagine the call center, what it looks like when they hear crickets at two o'clock in the afternoon when normally it's buzzing. Just imagine that. Netflix also saw a drop of roughly, roughly 75% from its record high in November after losing subscribers. Well, that has nothing to do with the economy, folks. That has nothing to do with the economy, <laughs> in my perception. And I won't even go there, but Scott knows where I'm going with that one. Uh, and so does Darren. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> I'll be careful. I'll be good, boys. I'll be good on that one. So, um, and Zoom has experienced a decline in value. Labor shortage in automation. The information technology sector already constitutes about 30% of the S&P 500. When including broader tech companies like Meta, Platforms, and Alphabet, this allocation jumps to 43%. Amid a growing labor shortages, I thought the White House was just bragging about their labor numbers. Do you think somebody's lying? <laughs> you decide which side's lying. <clears throat> so um, amid a growing labor shortage, technology stocks are expected to make up 50% of the S&P 500. Automation workforce challenges play a significant role in this trend. Interest rates and inflation impact. Tech sector performance can be heavily influenced by interest rate policy. The Fed's rate hike cycle and stubborn inflation have affected tech stocks. By the start of 2023, many stocks were depressed due to these factors. In summary, the tech sector faces challenges related to earning, labor shortages, and Macro, what, what we mean by macroeconomic is the big picture. Micro means the, the small day-to-day. -day. Macro means the macro, macro, the large economic conditions. Investors should closely monitor these developments. <laughs> what a joke. Inve investors, why are you still invested in the stock market? The real investors aren't, unless you're shorting. And if you're shorting, it's smart. Investors should closely monitor these developments as they navigate the stock market landscape. What say you, Scott, about what I just shared? Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot to take in, the decline of, of things. And, and it, sometimes we're just, it's that frog in a pot. We've just been watching it go by and we haven't really, like, but you have to kind of sit up on a, on a knoll and look down from a vantage point and go, wow, this is where. And, and so here's the warning, uh, because I feel the spirit of the Lord, uh, there's, there's just such a strong thing, uh, it, the warning is this, like I, I've, um, I've heard people like in the last couple of years, really misquote some things, really, uh, take some things way out of context. One that's like that is Daniel and, and Nebuchadnezzar and how he served Nebuchadnezzar. Well, so Daniel and had to serve Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't have a choice. Uh, so first of all, they, they took him into, you know, basically into slavery, uh, chopped off their nuts. They were eunuchs. Uh, Daniel was a eunuch, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were eunuchs, and then they had to serve. Well, that's like the, the, the difference is where we are now is we haven't had our nuts chopped 
off yet unless we let them be chopped off because that's our free will. That's our just, our just, our just like right now we have the opportunity to rise up and fight for freedom before we lose it and before we do have to have our nuts chopped off and we do have to serve Nebuchadnezzar. So that's like something that I've been hearing a lot. There's this tolerance that, oh man, this is where I'm getting fired up. I can't stand the tolerance in the church that love is, is all tolerant of, of everything that is wrong and tolerant of evil. It says, do not tolerate Jezebel. Do not tolerate these, all these teachings. Do not tolerate those things. And so right now, that's what this is about. That This whole thing is about getting angry. You know, Jesus got angry. He got angry. He didn't sin, but he was angry. He was angry at unrighteousness. And that's what people don't really realize today is we've, oh, what well, was Scott? You need inner healing. I, yeah, I might. So, so did John the Baptist. So did people that were actually fired up about something. And that, that's the thing is we're in a time. We're losing our country. We're losing our country. Warning, warning. We're losing our country. We're watching. It's going down the drain right now in front of our eyes. And so what does it take? What does it take? That's the that's the show. But I just had it. I'll, I'll, I put myself right in this. Now I'm going to wind down a little bit. Where I'm in the same boat, I'm in the same category, and I have to change. And that's where I think that's really important to start there. I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to get a bunch of hate mail because Michael Jackson, but I love him. He's awesome performer. That's one of my favorite songs, dude. Yeah, it's a great song because it's like, look at, we got to look at ourselves first. I, I went to the doctors last week. They told me I had really high cholesterol. And uh, I got to get on Crest or Lipitor. And I didn't fight that. I, did, I just was like, yeah, I don't want to have a heart attack. So sure. And then I come home. My wife said, what? What are you talking about? Do you know anything about those medications? I took a quick look. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. And she said, once you take those, you'll never get off them. They don't even do what they're supposed to do. And that is all, nothing but side effects. So I almost gave in to something. Time to get a new doctor. Here's the thing. There's probably a time coming for me where I don't even have a doctor. And I just trust God for everything because that's how far that thing's getting out of whack. And, wow. and so that's so wow. often. Wow. wow. I don't even you have a doctor. I don't even, I don't even go and listen just, to that stuff. You just hit a powder tape. Keep going. I don't mean to interrupt you. It's, it's, well, and that's, God's been doing that for the last couple of years where it's like, we, we've had uh, like instances, like I, I'll, I'll just share this. It's like, wow, I'm being transparent today, but. We had a dog that had a bad tooth. Like our dog had this bad tooth. And um, so they we go to the vet and they said it's a, we didn't have you know pet insurance. They said that'll be $4,500 to have the tooth extracted. We're going to put your dog under anesthesia and we can't even guarantee you that your dog's going to like survive. <laughs> and then I'll still have a $4,500 bill for a dead dog with, hey, at least the tooth's extracted. And uh, I felt bad. I felt like an irresponsible pet owner, but it's like, and I knew my dog was in pain, but we just didn't have the $4,500 to pay. And so we just like, we got to trust you, God. We just got to pray. And uh, and long and the short of it, my dog extracted its own tooth, like by chattering its teeth for like 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 uh, about 15 hours straight. And then the tooth comes out. And uh, I just, that was, but that was a miraculous thing. And I just started sharing with my wife, we have to, that's where we're going is we have to start to, because of all these things, it's because the level of unrighteousness, it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, the just shall live by faith. And how, what's good, how are we going to get through in these times coming up? Faith. I have to believe. I have to believe for a supernatural thing. 
not just, and that's the biggest problem. Like I will say in America is like, it's the rise of every place. It has, they have this, the cycle, you know, they start and they, you know, there's blood, sweat, and tears. No one, no one's, we're so disconnected with the blood, sweat, and tears over this nation. The forefathers, what they went through. I mean, how many times was George Washington shot? Like was it's like 17 times or something like that. And, and like, there's all these things that people don't realize, like the, just the, the agony and the pain and the sacrifice and the laying down for what we have today. We, we're just riding off the benefits of, it's like all these people have this thing of like, there's so this tolerance and this passivity, like, Hey man, just rest in the Lord. Just God will do it for you. Yeah. But there's also co-laboring with God. There's also like, we also have to paddle the boat. There's a time to coast. There's a time to paddle. We're currently in a time where it's time to paddle again, people. Time to fast, time to pray, time to uh, time to dig in, time to get back in the word, time to get back on your knees. And it's time to start to, you know, paddle the boat a little bit more. It's like co-laboring with God. Oh, that's striving, man. Oh, you're striving. No, that's not striving. It's actually what James, <laughs> the whole book of James talks about. Without works, faith is dead. Without works, there's works involved with faith. And that's the thing that literally like, um, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent. That's what all that just shared with me is when, when you're sharing statistics, it just gets me like there's something inside of me. It's like there's a violence, but the violence isn't the, the you know, like let's go overthrow things and knock down, you know, buildings and all that. They knock down statues and it's it. The violence is is in the spirit. You were just saying that we were living off of the blessings of our forefathers and I was looking at some of the, the stats that we were looking at. In the 50s, they were working on manufacturing. They were working, uh, and that was the big thing. And a lot of what we're really connecting with is the fact that we're living off of the blessing from those things. You know, those were the glory years. Those were the years that we were building skyscrapers. We were building bridges. We started to build things to go to space and go to the moon. And I also think that we're living off of the fumes of that, the fumes of godly people in our leadership. We had some amazing godly people, but then other people come in and then we get a few godly people. But I think we're really living off of the fumes of what was given to us. So now, yeah, we have to paddle. We have to to push. We have to go through all that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that's an awesome point. The fumes is a, is a great analogy there because that's that's totally what the point is. And you know, we'll talk about the infiltration of the Luciferian system and <laughs> probably in another program. I could talk four hours on that. You know, so I'm not going to go down that path. But yeah, I called it Luciferian because that's what it is. When you go, you punch a clock. Guess what you are. I'm calling it like it is right now, okay? You're a high paid, and in most cases, yeah, you're high paid, but that high pay doesn't go anywhere because we're just about to speak about inflation. But you're, I'm not even going to say high paid anymore. You're a paid indentured servant. That's what you are. You're a paid, in, when, when companies are more, when your vertical alignment is out of whack, it's not God's family, it's not, it's not corporation, country, no, it's God, family, country, business, or ministry, or devotion. That's number four on the list. I don't see it being number one. Do you guys? Nope. So you want to know the problem? You want to know why these freaks are walking in control of our 
schools and these psychos. I'm sorry. I'm calling it like it is. But if I think I have 67 genders to choose from, that's called mental illness. That's what it's called. It's called mental illness. I love you enough to say you're freaking insane because I've been there. I was institutionalized once. And I'm not afraid to say I had mental illness. I'm not afraid to say it. It's mental illness. I'm sorry. I know what I'm saying is true. What, what I'm talking about is the systemic uh, falling out of our society by Lucifer. That's what's going on. Is it systemic? It's planned. It's, you know, am I a conspiracy theorist? Absolutely. You know why I am? Because every conspiracy that I thought was a conspiracy, when the Lord started speaking to me about it, that it's actually not a conspiracy. Guess what? I'm either going to argue with the Holy Spirit and say, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. Or I'm going to say, you know what? Some of them are embellishments. Some of them are outrageous. But a lot of them have an element of truth in that. Yeah, my heart breaks right now. I want to be more and more in touch with this. I'm, I'm really sorry the, the condition of the fallenness of the world that we're in. It hurts my heart to realize that the statistics are like, I think they're more than half, half of the people in the earth today are molested. Half of the children in the earth today are molested. Um, that right there is a devastating reality. Again, the byproduct of our fallenness, the byproduct of what, what you were just talking about, the whole pattern of men, they just, they work, pay bills, work, pay bills, work, pay bills. And to escape that miserable reality, they, they engage in pornography. And then that whole thing with pornography opens up the door. And you know, you don't even realize that you're the one that's supporting sex trafficking. You're the one that's, that's making that a multi-billion dollar industry. You're the one. Uh, each each person that's engaging in that you're not only are you tolerating something you're you're actually holding the thing up. That's the biggest thing we import, by the way. Now is we used to have like a product. We used to have gross na national product. Our gross national product now is pornography and sex trafficking. So yeah, is God going to bless that? I don't think God can bless that. Every nation that see Elijah, he he said this about uh, Israel. He, he, what he knew is this, every nation that was engaged in idolatry was subject to a curse. There's nothing God can do to Balaam knew that too. And that's why Balaam told, taught Balak to get the children of Israel to get all, get all into sexual immorality. That's all you need to do. And then you, then they're cursed all, all automatically. And that's where we are. We're, so there is judgment coming and it's because think of like the, the hypocrisy. That's why everybody hates America folks because of the hypocrisy. We're supposedly a Judeo-Christian nation, and we're, we're importing more in, in the way of uh, pornography uh, and sex trafficking and all that stuff. So I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that, that men have not been fathers and they've not been the priests of their home. And I'm sorry, but that's what we're seeing is the byproduct of that. It's a breaking down of identity. It's a breaking down of not knowing who we are. That's a, a whole, the, the, the priest of the home, the man's role is to actually, and like, whoa, you're talking, yeah, this is called masculinity. Masculinity is to speak into their kids' life and to tell them their destiny. I have, I thank God for women that that have like risen up, but but there's something different about a man's voice than a woman's voice. There's something different that God put in a man's voice. It's just how He wired it. Well, hey, sorry, sorry to tell you that. Sorry to tell you that you're, you get all riled up. But that whole thing, and now we're looking at the 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 aftermath of that. So I, it hurts my heart to know like that's the root of it. And I wish there was a there was a way to just because that's not just a one time. I see like people, church people, just put band aids. I was one of those people that had such deep wounds, and they're just trying to put a little band aid on my wound. It's like we need to really 
go deep in this thing to see transformation. And I and I actually applaud that. I applaud the people. I'm going to say something right now that'll be like, whoa, you don't take this out of context. I applaud transgenders. I applaud transgenders for one thing. It's like you've gotten so you've gotten sick enough of things, and you and you're like you you have the courage to try something different and to go out and go way out into into no man's land. Same thing with people that came out of the closet in the time when it was hard. I, I what I will say to them is I I applaud you in the sense of the courage. The problem is this: it's a counterfeit transformation. It's a counterfeit. Anybody that's in the in the gay community can know the, what it really looks like. It's really a counterfeit. It's really counterfeit of something real. And 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 here's the thing: I can look over back at well, so the church is the one with the answer. Not so much that I see. I mean. And it is, you know, it's like the U2 song. I, I find myself there for a lot with walking with the Lord in this time. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So I'll echo with all you. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I'm talking about the corporate expression of how God wants to be in the earth. But I do know it's coming. That's what this is about, is it's coming. The 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 true, the real, the, the thing that has the power to change, the thing that literally like the, the acceptance where lives can change. Because I didn't, you know, acceptance was always conditional. That was that's the thing about the homosexual community that's that's huge. It's like, hey, uncon- it seems like unconditional acceptance. Well, hey, we all accept me, like you did in 1994 when I marched in the gay pride parade as an enlightened heterosexual. Because I had a lot of homosexual friends in San Francisco, I, and they're and then to this day, I love them. I love, I have a love for them, and I was an enlightened heterosexual. I saw that they're people. And I, it just like I've fallen short, they fall short. But the difference is this. It's when you start to say, you know, you're, you're going against God's word and you're saying, no, we know better than God. That's the issue. You're negating what God has said. I didn't say it. We're just going to open that thing up today. My question to both the homosexual and the Christian is if you have to medicate to go to sleep, you don't have it. Amen. Let me repeat that again. If you have to medicate to go to sleep, you don't have what I have. We're no better people, but our life experience is a thousand times better. Yeah, we go through hell. There's problems galore in my life. There's frustrations, but you know what? The frustrations are a lot less when I stay with the one who created me, when I hang out with Jesus, when I get up and I spend time with him in the morning. Out of that rippling effect, my day goes completely different. So I want to go back to something very important. You hit a lot of good things, and I, I, I want to back. I'm going to hit them all right now, Scott, because you open up stuff that needs to be really opened up. So first off, I don't blame the doctors, um, Scott Lynch. I don't. Now, he has no idea because why Crestor and Lipitor's companies, which I do, Perkin Elmer could sue me if they want. I think it's Perkin Elmer. It may be, um, it may be another another AstraZeneca, whatever the companies are, they give those doctors trips to Hawaii and places like Cozumel, and they stay at the four cheap hotels like the Four Seasons. And that that's business as usual in America. It's okay to do that. But here's the thing. Four years ago, not yesterday, four years ago, I watched the news with my wife, and it was national news, okay? I watched the news, and they say, guess what? Lipitor and Crestor does not reduce heart attacks. That was on... The propagandized news. I was a bit. It wasn't Fox. It was a regular news program. I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, oh my God. I said, why are you going to take a pill if it doesn't reduce heart attacks? 
the one that reduces the LDL. What is that? That's a marker. <laughs> the second thing, and this is why I don't blame the doctor, it's Uzziah's fault. It's King Uzziah's fault. Let's go back to the genesis. Most of you people are too busy working a job or two jobs, three jobs. You don't want to think for yourself. And that's why you're aestheticized with the media and, and booze and sex and all this other stuff, marijuana, whatever. I don't put it down. It's just telling you that's what's keeping you. your kids' baseball games, the, the 17 games you have to go to in a week, the ballet lessons, the piano lessons, all that. Vinny, you don't know. You don't have children. That's right. I don't have children, but I will have children. I guarantee you they're not going to dictate my calendar. They're going to get one, one thing that they're passionate about. That's it. Not 70 different things. Um, that's what, well, why we get out of control. So anyway, Israelites didn't need doctors. And Josiah gets sick. You know what he does? He calls one of his, uh, one of his subjects and says, go get me a doctor. That was the genesis. They stopped trust. Ben, can you really trust? Me? Now, don't misunderstand me. I have used pharmacia, which is a, which is a demon. I have used pharmacies. I, I even went to school. For two years. So as an organization, that's what I'm against. But medications are necessary. And I've used them in the past. But I've also had my colon completely healed by no medicine. I, I They were ready to rip my colon out. They, that was the only solution. Yeah, fat chance you're going to rip my colon out. So uh, I, I also had um, my uh, my hip completely healed. I have a brand new hip. What else have I? I've had several things healed. Oh, mental illness totally healed. Didn't, did, don't need pills anymore. That's a huge one. Four suicide attempts. Don't, don't need pills anymore. My doctors wean me off my pills. My friends thought I was taking my cell phone, but my counselor said, Vinny, if all my patients were as good as you, I'd have no patients right now. You've got a great God. That's what she said to me because I gave God the credit. That's the point. Homosexuals, I love you, but I'm calling it what it is. You know, it's mental illness. That's, that's what, what it is. Mental illness. I was a pervert. I, you know, a man that masturbates as many times in a day as I do, watching thousands of pornographic images, you think his life is okay? They did a, they did a study of the brain of, of people caught in pornography. And now the normal brain, it's, it's a particular scan machine. It's not an MRI. A normal brain looks smooth. It looks like you've seen a normal brain. The brain of a pornographer or any addict that's addicted to something, it, it has uh, holes. It looks like the crater of a moon. And what happens is I physiologically needed to masturbate to pornography to fill the protein in the brain because the brain wouldn't function normal. I needed to fill that crater with the addiction. So don't tell me it's okay. Don't tell me it's okay to be perverted unless you sleep well at night and aren't medicated and you're really at peace. What happens behind closed doors? That's what I am. Not when you're out in public but behind closed doors. How peaceful are you really? Now, I'm going to double down on transgenderism. I agree with you, Scott. Love transgenders. I, I think it's great. They've got the courage to stand up against a bunch of mean, mean, bastard Christians. Mean, 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 bastard Christians. Because I call them bastard because that's a real world. They're fatherless. Because if they were Christians who were believers that had a father, they wouldn't act the way they do. Because fathers never kill their children. Fathers never put their children under the bus. Well, they're not my children. Yes, they are. We're a global community, aren't we? We all talk about that. Feed, you know, feed the world, the planet, planet green. Yeah, we all are all connected. So anyway, John Hopkins, who were the forerunners of the trans, uh, transsexual operation 
They don't do them anymore. You know why? Suicide. That happened. They saw the fruit of their, look it up, John Hopkins no longer does it. They used to be the number one transsexual operation. They don't do it anymore because it don't work. It don't solve this. The heart and the mind are connected. The heart and the mind are connected. So when, when women have to have balls in a family and men have no balls in a family, and I'm talking the family, what happens? Transgenderism. That's what happens. It's a manifestation. We as a family are a mirror to everyone else. If we're not a unit to look up to, why do I want it? If I'm broken, why do I want to model what you claim is something I should model? I don't want nothing to do with it. Because it gives me the same pain that I'm dealing with because I was raised in that so-called Christian family that had nothing but disdain for me. Now, I'm not talking to tolerance. No, I'm not talking about having the wedding. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about attending the wedding. I'm talking about saying to your child, I can't attend your wedding, but I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll always be here for you, son. I'll always be here for Dort, but I cannot stand there because I'm validating something that I don't believe in. But I believe in you and I love you and I pray for you, sweetheart. I'm always here for you. Struggle with your, your partner. You want to talk to somebody. You got problems with your partner. I'm here to support you. Is it really like that? Yes, it needs to be. It needs, there are parents out there that love their children. Yeah, you know, I, I have to be careful here. I have a friend that has a homosexual daughter and it crushed him because he didn't know about it. He married into a family and, and his wife is so naive. She doesn't even know it and it breaks his heart. But what he's doing is he's turning that energy into positive. He's praying for that girl. He's declaring to heaven that Satan, you'll not have my daughter. That's what he's saying. So, boy, am I going to be in hot water on that one? <laughs> but what are you going to do? <laughs> That's the thing is we we have to face this. The fear or what's held people back is like, uh, well, people aren't going to like me or people aren't going to. So what? I mean, I didn't come here to be liked. I came here to serve God and and do what he called me to do. And so that's the thing. It's, it's, it's there without truth. We, we have error, you know, and I, I just want to share a couple of stories just to lighten the mood. If, if we still have any listeners that are there, just to, to give a little background, I, um, I lived in San Francisco for two and a half years. And at the time I was living in San Francisco, I was seeking God, but not based on the Bible. And it was a really interesting up and down road. Um, and so one of the places that road took me was I used to work for this bus company and, um, the people that owned the bus company were, it was a gay couple. And then Everybody, basically everybody I worked with, you know, was mostly in, in, in gay community. So I was around it. These are friends. I wasn't a Bible thumping Christian. I still was seeing things at that time. I was still experiencing things and God ha was working in my life. Well, I ended up one day I was driving, um, the, the people I, I worked for, uh, one of the partners died of, of AIDS. And there was a lot of, you know, at the time in San Francisco, especially a lot of AIDS. I ended up driving, uh, it was 10 drag queens to Guerneville. Uh, from San Francisco and I'm driving these 10 drag queens and there's like Liza Minnelli and all these. And, uh, but next to me is a guy that I worked with Kirby. So Kirby was the, like in my, in the passenger seat. He's this guy I know. 
Well, he's a 375 pound guy from Texas. And uh, so Kirby's my friend from work, but today he's Christy Cruz and he's in the passenger seat. Christy Cruz is all dolled up, but the, 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 the big thing was, was pink spandex. You know, here's, here's Christy Cruz and her pink spandex. And, and, and Kirby knows me enough to know that I'm heterosexual. He knows enough to, and he wants to mess with me because it's like, I'm the minority here. Like I'm, I'm the only straight person on the, on the ride here. And, uh, and so he looks over and he goes, so Scott, are you gay? Are you straight? I said, Hey, if I was the least bit gay, it would have left me the minute I saw you in pink spandex. <laughs> well, that old man, we were, we were rolling laughing, like the whole trip, like just laughing hysterically. And, and, and I feel bad because Kirby's like, okay. And then he, he waits his time. And then he says, he says, <laughs> this still cracks me up. He goes, but you dress up in drag, don't you? And I said, no, why is that? He goes, with those eyelashes, go on, girl. And I, I mean, I lost. I, so the thing that what I had found was like, you know, I, I, I just, I love, there was a freedom. There was definitely like there, they just didn't care and they embraced who they were. But then another day say, or actually, yeah, same, same company. I used to have to pick up my, pick up my paycheck in a gay bar. That's where I got paid on Friday. So I'm walking into the gay bar and I'm, I'm there on Fridays. Well, I walk in this one day and here's this old drag queen, kind of nasty old guy. And uh, he's, he's talking about, he's bragging about all his lovers. And he, he walks up to me and he grabs me and he goes, this is my lover. And he licks my neck. Guess Whoa. what happened to that guy? I knocked him out in the middle of the gay bar. Guess what happened? Everybody applauded. Everybody wow. applauded. Why? Because that, I don't care who you are. Can we all agree that's crossing a line? I didn't merit that. I didn't ask for that. And so that's, at least start there. So what, and you're like, well, that's your bias. No, I'm, I'm, I'm what I'm saying is I've watched that. And, and, and everything that Benny was just talking about, I've, I've, I've watched the fruit of, of the, of down the road. You know, like I, I've seen the people like, you know, later on in life. And they, yeah, they, you can, everybody can put on appearances. That's the biggest thing right now. We're that's the the most confusing thing with hypocrisy with the things we're dealing with is is you all you have to do is look at a Facebook photo, and everybody's shining happy. You know, put on. You know, it's like like how is it that someone just had a like some woman just had a baby, and you you like take they she takes a picture. She's got her makeup on, and she's all no. It does not look like that. That's not real life. That's not. I, I mean, that's what we do. We're we're putting on these, but that's that's how hurting we are. How how painful is it? To have to put on a show and to have to present to people. And that's all we're talking about is peace of mind. I'll tell you the biggest thing, the most priceless thing I've found in my life is peace. Once you get peace, you have to really fight to protect that. You want to keep that. You don't want to, they, there's nothing worth losing that. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of anything. When I see heroin addicts, that's another thing. Every city in America, basically, you'll see 10 cities and it's mostly heroin addicts, mostly it's mostly people shooting heroin, you know, like almost, almost like a big majority of that. And what is it? What does heroin produce? What's heroin's counterfeit? Peace. Peace. All your problems go away. Everything you just, and that's, that's why you can see it. It's, it's like the, there's a sign in the earth today screaming at us. Everybody wants peace. Everybody's crying out for peace. And the only place where there's peace is, is to be in right standing with God. It's not just. Yeah, I accepted Jesus. I accepted what he did on my behalf. And then there's this whole process where he walks that out in your life. And then you get to a place where you have peace with God. To have peace with God. That, so that's, 
it's just like funny, funny how we could go on a show, but that's the that's the solution, and it's like one person at a time, <laughs> one person at a time. So that's really what we're here for. And I, I'm not mad. It's so misconstrued. Like I'm mad at homosexuals, or I'm mad. At, I'm not. I'm not. It's the narrative. That's what it is. And you're like, well, yours is a narrative. Yeah. The the thing is, we can't be free of narratives. That's I just realized this the other day. Everybody talks about a narrative. You know, like you get on the media, they have a narrative. You get you go on wherever you go, you're going to get a narrative. Well, don't you want the, our creator's narrative over any other narrative? That's what this comes down to. Very well said, Scott. I have one thing to add. Peace is a person. Amen. The personhood of Jesus Christ. When you walk closely, and the only way to walk closely is to pick up your cross and walk with him. To deny your flesh, Paul talks about it. It says the flesh is that enmity with the spirit. If you look it up, he used to paint his flesh until it was bruised. What does that look like? Well, it looks like just what I just said. So anyway, I'll, I'll turn it over to Aaron, the man. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, not quite sure how, how to go there with the with the information that we have, but um, but yeah, um, I was watching a, a TV show, and this is uh, getting away off the subject that you guys were on. Um, but I was watching this TV show called Continuum. Okay, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's uh, it's about time travel. But their view of the future, and this was, this was back in um, probably, I I want to say t- uh, 2012 is when this series came out. Okay, and so their view of the future was a future that there was no government, the government went bankrupt, and the corporations bought them out. And because of that, they were able to strip freedoms from the people. Like freedoms of the right to own property. Everybody had what they called a life debt that they have to pay off. Um, And if they don't, then they go into camps where they work it off but they never will get to the place where they're paying off. But, um, but it, us talking about employment, unemployment and stuff like that kind of made me think of that. And, and that's what I, I see the world going towards is right now uh, in real life, they're talking about, Hey, you know, get to a place where you're, you're owing, owning nothing. Where you're just renting all your all your debts taken care of, but you don't own anything. You'll always have this debt to the government that you need them to pay it off, and that's what we're heading towards. And um, but let me let me get to some of these uh, some of these things with inflation and jobs. There's a diagram where it shows all the different things that are jumping in price lately. And and I don't need to tell you this, listeners. You know what it is in the 
grocery store. You know what it is at the pump. Let me open it up. Okay. I think this was at the end of the year. So it's not even recent stuff. In 12 months, the food for children in schools shot up 254%. Like, that's insane. That's insane. I remember going to school and they have reduced meals for families that have a lower income. Like, we could barely afford it then. <laughs> and and now, boom, 254%. Fuel and oil, 65.7%. And this is in, in a year. This is 12 months. Okay. Eggs, 59%. Airfares, 36%. Let's see what other ones. Oh, you know what? You know what went down? Stuff went down. I'm I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised that stuff actually went down. Um, beef and veal uh, wow. down, down five five point two percent. Cell phone prices went down. Uh, twenty three point four percent. Um, good question. Good good question. Um. But what I, I was really cracking my head with is is seeing some of these charts today, uh, especially with uh, unemployment and employment. Now, let me grab this other chart that I put in here. Okay. So I have a chart in front of me that goes from 1947 to 2020. Okay. We all know what happened in 2020. Right? Okay. So in 2019, the unemployment rate is at 4%. 2019, 4%. Okay. 2020, somebody steals the election. And what happens? Unemployment jumps. To fourteen and a half percent. It's because as soon as he went into office, he reversed everything that the president before him did. Okay. During that time was also COVID and 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 all this other stuff. Um. But what 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 really got me thinking was was COVID happened. People left work okay people were still employed they were just weren't able to work okay so on paperwork those jobs were still there there's people were still manning those jobs uh technically okay then i was racking my head with this a year, a year later president biden saying saying oh uh, we just brought in this amount of jobs and we we brought up uh, employment. I'm like, dude, you just recounted the people that weren't working, that went back to work. Like you doubled and triple counted people to, to, to make it look good. And it's crazy because uh, there's the data that we see and then there's the data that they're sharing with us 
and they don't match. They don't, they do not match. And, uh, it's going to get worse, you know, boys and girls, it's going to get worse, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I was getting to that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Eric. I stole it's your okay. Forgive me. It's okay. It's quite all right. Forgive me. Uh, the Bible says where darkness abides, the light abides brighter. I, I believe that we're heading into a dark moment. I think we've been in a dark moment for a while as well. But this is the time. This is the time for the church of Jesus Christ, the actual followers of Jesus, ones that would lay their life down, ones that would stand in the gap uh, for people that can't stand for themselves. And, um, and this is the time for them to arise. Uh, I hate to say it, the church dropped the ball on 9-11. The church completely dropped the ball on 9-11. They could have, we could have seen one of the biggest revivals, the biggest healing of the nation and the church dropped the ball. And you know who stepped in? Islam. The very ones that did 9-11 or the very ones that profited off of it. Yes, if you, it's really good to study Israel's history because we're we parallel it. I mean, we're not we didn't replace Israel. Um, that's that's another whole story. But uh, <laughs> look at Israel's uh, <laughs> you look at Israel's history. Every time they got away from God, God would allow them to either be invaded and uh, and some wicked king rise up from another nation, or their own king would become wicked. And the whole point was to get them to repent. And to return to their first love. And it's it's like, I'll use my own example. I didn't kind of connect the dots in this. When I found out I had high cholesterol, I repented of gluttony. And I'm now working on changing that. I'm working on eating differently. I'm working on changing habits. That's true repentance. That's where we're at right now. It's it, Repentance is not a four-letter word. Recognizing, wow, this hasn't worked. This whole thing, what I'm doing isn't working. Where I'm going isn't working. And, and so that's, I'm, I'm actually really glad, you know, this is one thing that people don't know. Joe Biden's name means a last judgment. Finally, judgment. Wow. This is judgment coming to America. It's affecting our bottom line. It's, it's like, we've had the American dream. We've literally had idolatry, our white picket fence in our house and all that is, and then we put it before God and we've served that ahead of God. So now's the time to go, wow, this is, and I don't know what it looks like on the other side of this, but this is definitely the time to find that Prince of Peace, to invite him into your life and to, and to at least find peace. And, and then one of the, my favorite pictures is there's a storm and Jesus is in the boat asleep. You know, the safest place to be is the storms come. And guess what? I don't know if you can look around, but the other one we haven't talked about is weather patterns, them manipulating weather patterns, uh, the, the amount of flooding. I'm in, a, I'm in Maine. I mean, the, the catastrophic flooding, um, it, you know, throughout the state. Um, it, it's, it's, so that's, that's being manipulated right now. That's actually, they're making that. I also, I, I live off the grid. I have solar energy and they're, they're doing those. Whenever you see those planes flying over that they're, they're creating like it's, it's anti it's cause all the solar farms, they don't want that. They don't want that money. They don't want alternative. And, uh, it's like, I used to go, why, why would someone just like blast all these metals and chemicals and do chemtrails? What's the, what's the end goal or what are they actually getting out of that? It's, it's to keep the monopolies, the monopolies. 
And anyway, I don't want to get on. I, I, I'm so grateful. I'm just going to say this on, you know, publicly. I'm so grateful for Richie and I'm so grateful for Aaron to kind of bring, I'm like a, I like to just get a lot into a lot of different things and they, they kind of connect the dots with that. So I'll put it back to them to do that. So now the next statistic we're going to look at is social security, the state of social security. So, uh, Let's explore the dynamics between people entering the job market and those receiving social security benefits. Workers versus social security beneficiaries. In 1960, watch these, this is astounding, these statistics. There was approximately 5.1 workers per beneficiary in the social security program. However, due to changes in fertility rates, immigration patterns, and increased life expectancy, this ratio has declined significantly. As of today, there are all, only 2.8 workers per beneficiary. That's a, almost a 50% reduction. This declining ratio poses financial challenges, challenges for social security factors contributing to the decline. Fertility rate, uh, I, I won't go through that. There's, there's a bunch of detail on here. But I want to talk about, uh, all right, to ensure social security solvency, reforms are necessary. Possible solutions include raising the retirement age, adjusting the benefits, or increasing revenues dedicated to the program. In summary, maintaining a sustainable balance between workers and beneficiaries is crucial. So this article was written a little before the situation that is occurring from this these months on. You know, the baby boomer, uh, picture, picture a hose, okay? You got a hose, and in the hose, all of a sudden, there's a bubble the size of a gourd, okay? So you got this hose, which is the flow of retirement age. Well, you got a, you got a section of that hose that's this big. So I'm, I'm sure those of you that are listening, just picture a huge, let me give a better analogy, uh, a, a cantaloupe. So imagine trying to push a cantaloupe through a hose. That's what's happening. The hose can only handle so much. So the hose is social security. It's going to explode. It's going to implode. I mean, there are so many people retiring each day, and no one's replacing that. The good news is, I didn't realize this, but millennials, there are just as enough, or if not more, millennials that were born, which is an amazing statistic to me when you think that Satan's against the family. But so, but that's going to take a full, those people aren't going to be 65 until starting 2065. So we got a, we got a 30, you know, 40-year gap. You know, you got the baby boomers all retiring now. So the next time it's going to be filled is 2065. So the reforms is necessary. We we need a we need a president like Donald J. Trump to, to reform this stuff to think like a businessman and just you know take it seriously and reform it. It can be reformed. Yeah, yeah. He was doing a great job up until you know 2020. I mean, everything was even like getting manufacturing back, getting oil process, all that stuff. It's, it's like to get us to be actually have a gross natural product again. That's so, yeah, I have total utmost faith that it can be done for sure. Yeah. I was also, I'm in, in Romania and I was talking to people what they thought about, uh, Trump, even the America first idea. Okay. You would think that people in another country would be like, oh, well, they're, they're not, they're not even connected with us anymore. They're pulling away. United States is pulling away from us. They said that idea, that principle was something the leaders in Europe 
took and said, okay, America is doing America first. Okay. Germany is doing Germany first. Romania is doing Romania first. Hungary is doing Hungary first. And they took that principle and said, okay, let's work on our people. That was one of the biggest, even though the whole part of Trump's campaign and his his ideas were about, hey, moving out of not helping necessarily the world as much, but putting America first, he actually helped out the world a lot by that because everybody looked at their own home. Everybody looked at their own people. So we have to get back to that. Well, the America first now is a huge, because uh, the amount of refugees and people that have come from other places through an open border. Now it is about America first, because it's kind of a, encompassing a lot of other nations at the same time. We have, so that there's a, that's another whole thing. Another whole probably topic is all the people moving in and all the things, you know, that's, that's definitely causing a huge problem. Social security with that as well, you know? Yeah. And, and we were looking at the stats here and it was talking about immigration decline. Okay. We're ha- we have it. No, we have an immigration decline. We have a legitimate yeah. immigration legal. decline. Oh, yeah. legal. Yeah, right, right. Amen. Okay. Okay. So we definitely have that problem. Uh, the wants to come. Yeah, well, I, no, but nobody wants to put the, put the effort into making it legit when they know they can get so much more if they're illegal. Yeah. So yeah. much Wanting. more. Wanting housing. I, I, I saw this one video where they, they had... Um, an airport and they had parts of the airport that were tarped up kind of like the tarp, like the green screen that's behind my back. Um, they had it tarped up and they had security. And this was, uh, one of Tucker Carlson's videos. And, uh, he had somebody else do that because if he walked the airports, then people would security would automatically stop him. But somebody looked behind there and literally, it was a place where they had hundreds of illegal immigrants. And and then all you see is the camera showing. And then you hear somebody yelling out, hey, you're not allowed to do that. This is a restricted area. Right. And and to think that these people are irresponsible, they're really not. I mean, they're, they're actually decent people that are crossing our border. But right. they're uneducated in most cases. They don't have... English as a, um, a uh, first language, so they're, they're a drain on our society. But they're they're respectful people, unlike Americans. What do you mean, Vinny? Well, I'll give you proof. Well, just one thing that they're doing. What's happening in New York is there's a phenomena. People are waking up in the morning, walking out their front doors and finding cops in front of their front doors. And what's in those cups and bag are feces and urine because they know not to dirty the streets. Unlike our friggin' bums, and I'm not putting bums out, but see what I'm saying? They respect the country more than we do. That five-year-old brat that throws his candy wrapper out on the floor, I'm going to rip his head off. I really do sometimes. And I, it's just, you know, it's, I know it goes back to the parents, but, you know, come on. You know what I'm saying? Here, here are the, the uh, immigrants that are coming here, and they're doing that. What, what does that tell me? It says that we're irresponsible to have them live under those conditions. And a president can go to sleep at night, sleep comfortably, and, and wake up in the morning and lie to America 
and sit there and lie. And meanwhile, 10,000 immigrants a day are coming into New York City. 10,000. And the city's not going to implode? Are you kidding me? I mean, I was just, I know it's got, it's just get, I, I was disgusted. I, was in, I used to work in Manhattan. I was in Manhattan in October, the, my first time in, I think, a decade. The, the smell, the, the, the just, it was vile. And I wasn't even in a bad section of the city. I'm like, man, this is bad. And then I was speaking to this guy, he's a, a legal immigrant from Turkey, love the guy. Uh, he ends up giving me food and 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 Drake to help me out because make a long story short, I was stranded in New York City. And and it wasn't that I was broke. It's the Luciferian bank systems that get my money from coming through, which happened. And so but but I had nothing in my pocket. And so and I didn't tell him that. He knew he knew it. He just said, Hey, you you're hungry, you want something to drink. I, I mean, so anyway, I'm just letting you know that he talked to me. He's a hotel worker and he said, what's happening is these homeless people are being empowered. I said, what do you mean? He said, they're nasty. He said, because they're not prosecuting them, they're not arresting them, they're becoming more and more emboldened. They're getting angry. They're getting confrontational with people. They're getting abusive, aggressive. Aggressive is the word he used. So when you think about it, I think of Manhattan, if the item you steal from a store, not items, you could steal a bunch of items and be over a thousand, you have to have a thousand dollar item to trigger an arrest or even an investigation into it. A thousand, I think it's even higher than that. I told a thousand is probably. Higher. So isn't that great to own a small business to know that hoods are going to come in and steal a thousand dollars worth of stuff and you can't do a damn thing? That's crazy. Um, but one of the things that I do want to say is um, us at Stand in the Gap, uh, we're not we're not against immigration. We're not against people coming into the country, doing their due diligence, doing their, their research, doing their homework, getting visas, getting different paperworks, getting their green card, getting their paperwork. We're, we're, we're completely okay with people doing that. And, but the thing is the government is rewarding illegal immigrants especially ones that are willing to vote. That's a, a huge, huge thing. These people are entering the country illegally and then getting taken care of. Like they have huge facilities for illegal immigrants that are homeless, but a homeless American can't stay there. All right. Uh, and, and, and that's, and I hate to say it, that's ass backwards. And they're like, oh, well, they have rights. Okay. Well, we're talking about American rights and they're not American. They can, they can put in for citizenship. They can do all that stuff, but they don't have the same American rights. And, and the crazy thing is, um, I know back when Obama was, was in the office, this was huge. They gave the, these rights to people and said, oh, everybody has these rights. No, not everybody has these rights. Not everybody has the rights. And, and that's backwards. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad we started to talk about the homeless. because You know, that's obviously our heart here at Stand in the Gap. I think a great goal is to reduce the homelessness in our country by 90%. You know, they talk about a company like Peloton, you know, going down 90%. You know what I mean? It's interesting that they use the exact number that I'm looking to cut homeless by. And so, you know, I, some of you might say that's an aggressive goal, but at least I'm setting one. You know what I'm saying? How many of you are, are even willing to get in the, the ring with me and kind of fight that? And, and the crazy thing is, is, is Peloton, for those that you don't know, that's pretty much a treadmill company, exercise equipment. So I think it's absolutely like God that the exact same number you're talking about us wanting to take steps towards the homeless is the, is the exact same number of a treadmill company where you take steps on. Wow, that's awesome! You know, great prophetic insight. Great prophetic insight, Aaron. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't even connect that. That's that's very true. That's right. That's very true. Yeah. So I shared this on a previous show. We're repeating again. I read in the New York Times back in the '90s, early '90s, that if every if every church and synagogue in America would adopt one homeless family, the homeless problem would would cease in America. Now, we have a lot more today, but I think there's a lot of truth in that, saying if we imagine if 10 families at each church, it, it couldn't have exploded that much in, in, since that article was written. So all it takes is 10 families in each church to adopt the homeless family, and we reduce it by 90%. Just think about that. Just think about the fact, and, and couple that with the fact that there's a soup kitchen in Greenwich, Connecticut, Fairfield County, one of the wealthiest counties in America, Greenwich, Connecticut, the wealthiest town in, in, in America, or one of the wealthiest. At one time it was, I'm not sure if it still is, but at one time it was the wealthiest uh, city in, in America or town in America, and they have a soup kitchen. And then Scott, you would share them with me that Paul was saying, Pastor Paul, who works with the homeless, was saying that he's seeing a trend happening. And this is Portland. So Portland, Maine, you know, it's just one, one city, and it's not even in a huge city. And what he's noticing is that, and they, Portland's not the most expensive city in America, by the way. So he's noticing a trend that there are families living in cars. They can afford their car, but they can't afford their home. Wow. Is that crazy? And, and those people are working jobs. That's the, and the choice they have is, I got to keep my car in order to work, and I can't, we can't afford both. The, there's another piece that... Uh, I believe a big part is, is getting rid of legislation, like town legislation. There's been people that have been rising up. Like there was a guy in a town, he literally bought 40 acres of land and he was ready to just have people come and camp and do uh, tiny houses. And they were, it was just shut down that the town wouldn't let him do it. Um, but there's a lot of that, well, yeah, a big ch- chunk of the, that 90%, there's the, uh, the homeless vets. A lot of them, if you put them inside of a building, they just get so claustrophobic. They actually want to be, they, there's a freedom that they feel from being outdoors. So they, they, I, there's even, there's kind of a bunch of sections of it. There's like transitional housing for some to kind of get back into regular, but there's also that there's a place too to just have, you know, like where it's just, it, it's regulated, but it's like we have, um, you know, like set aside places where they can, they can actually camp or have tiny houses and, and just do their 
thing. You know, like some of those people, that's the best they've got to do. I mean, that's their preference, you know, too. It's a choice. I mean. Yeah. 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 Let's go back. Uh, we are on topic, but let's let's hit it one more time before we close out here. And then we'll each have closing comments. So the name of the show is How Bad Does It Have to Get? How des- Desperate Does It Have to Get? So if you don't have personal, if you don't have personal desperation right now, I believe there's a storm coming. Okay. Mm. I believe the crash of 1929 had nothing on what's coming. And I believe it's much more than economic. So if it's okay for you right now, I I I tell you to kiss God. Thank the Lord, but realize that those numbers are fake. Your security, if it's not in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified, or if you're Jewish in, in, in Abba, you know, it's all Abba. You know what I'm saying? If your hope isn't in Abba, if your hope isn't in Daddy God, you're lost. Because, you know, one of the principles, you think it's light that we're talking about homeless, but you want to take care of your family. I'm going to tell you a secret. Here's your solid goal that I didn't think I was going to share. Take care of somebody that can never pay you back. That gets all of heaven's attention. Take care yep. of a child. Take care of a homeless person. Watch what happens. Are you talking a magic formula? No, I'm not. I'm not. Too, God's not a slot machine in the sky. But what all of a sudden you do is you put a demand on heaven. You're doing what God says to do. You're giving. You're generous. Read, read the Bible. The Bible is all about a generous man who lends without interest, who gives generously, who gives, you know, have you ever given where it hurts yourself personally? A buddy of mine, Kevin Zadai, was a qualified pilot. God would only allow him. What do you mean God only allows? Well, that's another another show for those of you who are questioning that. God would only allow him to be a flight attendant, and he would fast his lunch. He, When he was in whatever city airport he was, he'd go out and feed the homeless and fast his lunch. He'd give somebody a burger when he couldn't eat it himself. Think about that. Now, what are the guys are multimillionaire today? And he's not making it off the backs of people. He has no one, he, you know, when, he, when people gift his ministry, he tells them right away, you don't, you don't have to gift to me, but when you do, it's going totally to support, you know? It's, he gets his money for partnership. If people partner with his program. That supports his ministry. And so he's a, you know, my point is, is that how desperate does it need to be? How do you wake up? Tell me, At Mr. Joe, the plumber, you're sitting there, you're stressed out. You're working hard. I understand. But how about walking into that house and being aware that maybe you should give them a discount? Don't don't make yourself broke. Maybe you should. When's the last time you, Mr. Business Owner, gave away your services that cost to the family that really could use? Oh, I can't do that. It's all about the profit, really. Okay, let's see what happens when, when you're in, in, in an area of need. Let's see how many people help you. When you're in an area of need, you know, and I'm not telling you to do it because Vinny's suggesting it, but I kind of am. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, like, look at it. Are, are you really that held to that almighty dollar? First of all, it's smelled. Second of all, it's dirty. And it's got an evil pyramid third eye on it. So why are you worshiping that thing? Why? Because you know what? You grew up in a generation that worshiped the almighty dollar. They did. That's why these baby boomers are a mess right now. That's yeah. why they feel entitled. They feel entitled. They feel like the American dream. 
Yeah, the American dream was stolen from you. You didn't have your 1950s American dream that your parents had. You know why? They were closer to God than you were. You fell off the farm. Were they perfect? No, I'm not saying that. But they were a lot closer to God than you are. That's, that's categorically true. So we, we need to understand and recognize that when we take our eyes off ourselves and put it on somebody else, that's why I, I'm still going to say this again. Those of you who live in the state where that idiot, you know, had the pornography on, on the floor of the Senate, he's still in office, shame on you. Shame on you. And I'd be just as adamant if it was a heterosexual couple filling a pornography or a pansexual couple. It's shame on you. Some of you are going to have to look up pansexual, I know. Is there a word out there that you may not, may not even, Vinny, why would you even tell me that? Well, because it's a real world. It's a real word. So, so what I'm saying is shame on you if he's still in office. Let's start taking responsibility. Let's start organizing, not a fake community organizer that has, you know, money as their agenda or this agenda 21 or the 2030 Great Reset. You know, Aaron, what you share with me is so scary, but it's true. That's what that's what they want to do. They actually, what you just shared is what the world, world economic forum wants to do. They want us to rely on them. They want to wipe out everybody's debt. That's hard. That's horrendous. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end and then turn it over to you guys. I'm going to end with, I haven't put this song on there in a while. This is where my heart is. And this is Phil Collins. Sorry. Another day of paradise. He called out to the man on the street, sir, can you help me? It's cold and I have nowhere to sleep. Is there somewhere you can tell me? Why am I doing this? Because you know why? Some of you people that aren't waking up, you need to listen to this song because when the economic crash comes, guess where you're going to be? You're going to be out in the street. I'm calling it like it is. If you don't, if you get mad at me, so be it. Your 401k, your 403b is going to be wiped out. There are people sitting behind closed doors systemically planning your demise right out. Man. He walks on, doesn't look back. He pretends he can't hear her. Let me back up. I got a little fire there. She called out to the man on the street, sir, can you help me? It's cold and I have nowhere to sleep. Is there somewhere you could tell me? He walks on, doesn't look back. He pretends he can't hear her. Starts to whistle as he crossed the street. Seems embarrassed to be there. Oh, think twice, because it's another day in paradise. Oh, think twice, because it's another day for you. You and me in paradise. Think about it. She calls out to the man on the street. He can see she's been crying. She's got blisters on the soles of her feet. She can't walk, but she's tried. Oh, think twice, because it's another day for you and me in paradise. Oh, think twice. It's just another day for you, you and me in paradise. Just think about it. Oh, Lord, is there nothing anybody can do? Oh, Lord, there must be something you could say. God is speaking. He's, he's answering this. You know what he's saying? Turn your TV off. Put the remote down and get out into the streets and make a difference. Put some balls back on, men. Women, take your balls off. Let your husband leave your house. Let them be the leader that they're called to be. Man, Vinny, you don't understand. They, he's made so many mistakes. 
I do get it. I understand. Just let go and let God. Pray to God. Say, God, he's not doing the right thing. He, God's the only one that could change that loser into a winner. It happened in my life. My wife didn't change me. God changed me. She finally got it. She started to pray. She did. That's what shifted everything. She started, my wife, Amy, started to pray. She got totally into the word. I saw the change in her. She started praying. God woke me up and woke her up. Took the scales off her eyes. And understood. She gave me a Bible as a gift. She said, you're going to go into ministry, but I don't want to choose that path. Isn't that awesome? That's God. Let God be God. You could tell lines on her face. You could see that she's been there. Probably been moved on from every place because she didn't fit in there. All think twice because it's another day for you, you and me in paradise. All think twice. It's just another day for you, you and me in paradise. Just think about it. Mm, think about it. It's just another day for you and me in paradise. It's just another day for you, you and me in paradise. Paradise. Ooh, just think about it. Paradise. Just think about it. Paradise. Mm, paradise. Paradise. Just another day. See, America used to be paradise on earth. Mm. We're the laughing stock of the world, not because of Trump. Trump's what I tell you that. Not because of Trump. It's because of this very thing here. Thailand, the first question they asked me when I was here. Watch this. Vinny, all these foreigners, they call them Franks. All these Americans, Franks, come in. They have sex with our children. They spent tons of money. How can you have homeless people in your country? Think about that. That's why we're working stocks. Because we don't take care of our own. We don't. Go ahead, Scott. You're next. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have just been kind of stirred up. Um, just this whole, you know, the, the whole show, there's obviously a lot of topic thing about. Um, so I just, I want to, you know, echo that, that men, you, you can't always put things like in one category and sometimes you can men. Why aren't you being men? Most likely because you're struggling with pornography, you're struggling with lusts and that keeps you, that's cut your balls off. And that's kept, that keeps you from actually being able to rise up when you realize that there's a whole agenda over the entire globe to do that to men, to castrate men. That's a root thing. So, so that's a thing to rebel against a holy rebellion and say, I don't want to partner with that anymore. So I need freedom from that. That just starts with repenting. That's repentance. Like this whole show is really geared around. It's no one's angry here. God's not even angry. God is angry at sin. He's not angry at people. He's angry at, at things we do. It could not even because, um, it's actually what affects us. It's, it, it separates us from God. And it's not that, uh, God loves us here regardless. God loves the homosexual. God loves everybody. God loves everybody across the board, but do we love him back? And how do we love him back? We love him back by responding. And one of the ways of responding is, okay, I've heard all this information and, and this is to like, I want to gear this to people, especially like the, the people that have been leaders or the people that have had, uh, you know, like pastors that have been running churches, all this happened on your watch. I mean, it's for all this happened. And, and I, I will start to say, I'm now, 
getting to be of age where, yeah, some of this is happening on my watch. So it's taking ownership of this has happened on your watch. So, so repent. Like that's the first place is you've fallen short. We've fallen short. I don't, I don't want to continue to see this. And then there's a lot of, you know, steps to take. There's a lot of, but there's, it starts with like, you know, again, looking at the man in the mirror, I'm going to start to just let God show me the truth about where I'm at. I'm really not rocking it. I'm really not killing it right now. America's really not killing. And I'm reminded as, as everything was upset this a lot to people on the street, but I was reminded of like, I think it was like eighties and nineties beer commercials in America where it's all just this big old, you know, yachts and women in bikinis. And it's all just, wow, look at that. Well, look at, go out on the street today, drive, drive by a homeless camp and, and tell me how close to a beer commercial that really is. That's the thing that happened to America is in our comfort. And then, our, and, and then all of a sudden, all these, uh, this idolatry came in and our passivity. And it's like, and that's what's, what's sweeping people away is this whole thing of like, it's, it, it, you know, sin will always take you further than you want to go. And it will leave you, it will leave you wanting more. It will always, that's the eventual outcome. And, and now it's like, you can see it fast forward. It's like, it's not, that's going away that whatever the eighties and nineties beer commercials, that that's a good illustration of that, that world is gone. That mirage is not here anymore. It's uh it's like you, you're either here or you're here. And why would you go help the homeless? I'll tell you why. Because they might be helping you soon. A lot of Americans are one or two, you know, catastrophes away from being homeless themselves. That's what that's showing is the people we're starting to feed have, they still have their job. They're just living in their car. And I talk about scared people. I met some scared people. They have their kids in a car with them. And uh, the streets aren't nice, you know, like, but you, know, you get all these old homeless people over here that everybody's so, and I, I get it. I have a heart for them. They're so concerned for it. Oh, don't be too concerned for them. They know how to survive. <laughs> I know a lot of those people, they've been doing it for a long time. They know how to survive. The people my heart really goes out to is the people that there's a, there's this false security. It's a false safety net called credit. And we've lived beyond our means. And this whole thing is, what were to happen, I'm talking to every single person. I don't care how nice your house is. I don't care how nice your car is. What would happen if they called in the debt today? If they called it in? Like, you, you, you just got to gotta pay it now. Everything. You can't. <laughs> you can't. And that's, that's your, you, so what do you have? I mean, the guy, the homeless guy, he has experience. He knows how to survive. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if, when this, and this is where we're going. If things don't change, we're moving rapidly towards that all, where those freedoms go away. And now it's in, in ownership of things. Yeah. Thank God. There's not a creditor's prison anymore, but you know, debtor's prison, but it's like, you have this thing of that's a security that we think we have. But we don't, it's a big, huge house of cards. And, and it's like, things are starting. It's like everything or it's a big poker game or, and, we got a big bluff going, but it's like, what happens when the ta the cards get put down on the table and every day it gets called, you know, now it's called now it's, there's no, there's no going back. That's the storm. I believe that's being talked about. It all is going to come to a crescendo moment here. So why help the homeless? Cause it could be you. Why? <laughs> Cause that's what happens every time I go out. It's like, I, I realized I could be here tomorrow. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be right there. And, and it's not an us versus them thing. It's we're all people. And, and, and there's, Every person has a story and you want to hear some really devastating, tragic stories. 
Just ask, ask, like, go out today, just buy a cup of coffee, a donut, find a homeless guy, just say, hey, can you, would you just tell me your story? You know, I, I'm just here to listen. I just want to hear, you know, what, what, tell me your story. Cause the thing is, like, what, I don't know what keeps us from doing that. I, that's what I started doing. And man, I mean, and what, and you watch the Holy Spirit break in when you do that. Cause he actually showed someone you cared about him. Why don't you just show one person today that you care about them? Think about something. And this is to, especially to Americans. Why don't you think about someone other than yourself today and do something for somebody else today and, and, and recognize, wow, I've spent way too much time in the I self me mode. You know, I've, I've spent way too much time just thinking about me and me only. And then, yeah, so that's, again, we're, we're just trying to talk about some little solutions to big, big hemorrhaging problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, people want to be seen. They don't want to be invisible. They don't want to be felt in, like they're invisible. They want to be seen. And the thing is, even with the Phil Collins song, uh, walking by, not listening, you know, go up to somebody on the streets. Let them know that you see them. Let them know that that they're there. Talk to them. Um, but But first, open your eyes open your eyes um and the thing is here at stand in the gap we are interceding and praying and we don't want it to get to the point where people are being evicted out of their house where the the debtors another thing that i was going to add that i completely forgot was the whole thing with the jobs and biden you know where jobs went up a lot where irs yeah, I'm sure. The IRS. 87,000. He armed them to take everything. And and so we pray that it doesn't get to that point. We hope it doesn't get to that point. But I can't, we wait, can't, I can't wait till Donald gets into office and fires every one of those 87,000. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be out of a job, but so what? You know what I'm saying? They'll find another one. You know, it's it's going to be great. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm really uh all eighty seven thousand gone. Boom. Goodbye. You know. So hey, I, I've I've lost jobs, so I'm not artless. I'm really not. There's much better sectors that they could be working at. Much better sectors. You know, I was out in the streets yesterday in in uh, Eastern Asia, where I am currently on a tourist feed. Then, you know, I I walked past somebody, and I not only do it when the Holy Spirit helped me because there's almost all over, you know, it's not as bad as America, but essentially late at night, you'll find the drunks that are sleeping right on the, right on the, right in front of the storefront. And, you know, the message to this person was, you know, not, Hey, you know, you need to clean your act up. You know, you, I, I said, I said one very profound thing. I said, yeah, Yesu, which is the, the, uh, time name for Jesus. I said, Yesu really loves you. And then God gave me a prophetic words for their future. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, like a big word, but I just said to them, I said, somebody's going to come into your life that's going to help you finally. I said, you've been looking all your life for somebody to help you. Because that's what God was telling me to tell. I said, somebody's coming that's actually going to hold your hand. And the guy was so out of it that he should look in. But you know what? I was obedient. I, I took my eyes off myself. And yeah, I gave him money and he could have bought heroin with it or alcohol or whatever. But God told me to sit him out to give him 
And I gave him that specific amount. I didn't give him a sandwich. I gave him money. And so it's what we're talking about. Along those lines, you know, we're, we're a movement. We're not just a station, as you can tell. So please, if you're on YouTube, like us, subscribe to us. If you're on Facebook, you know, like us. If you, you know, get our newsletter, you know, share, share to your, to your thousand friends that this is a great show. Only if you think it's a great show. If you hate us, let your friends know that you hate us. And write a review, write a review on Apple. Please, yes, write a review on Apple. Yes, please help us along those lines. So, anything else to add, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Final thing I want to say, uh, hey, Scott, do you have anything to add? Good. All good. I'm all good. Okay. The only thing I like to add is Scott talked about those caught in pornography. Um, what I want to do is uh, I want to help you. So, uh, get my email. What What's my email, Aaron? Um, it's Richie at uh, standinthegap.live. That's R-I-C-H-Y at standinthegap.live. You know, just reach out. Um, just say, I need a hand. Just put that in the subject so we know. And just give me your, your, your information and I'll call you personally and I'll walk you through it because I've been totally set free from pornography, from cocaine, from alcohol and cigarettes. So if any of those addictions are there, or any addiction, really, and you want to reach out to me, how much do you charge? Well, this is going to shock you. A big fat zero. Don't charge anything. Just just call me. Just reach out to me and I'll help. And remember this. This show was very happy. But I'm going to tell you right now, and I can say this with everything in me, the best with a capital B is yet to come. Till next week. Same time, same bat station. Stand in the Gap Live, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Be there or be square.